Welcome to the Skift Podcast, weekly conversations on global travel trend lines. For decades, Puerto Rico has enjoyed a reputation as an easy-to-visit tropical getaway, thanks to its status as a U.S. territory. U.S. citizens don't need a passport or different currency, and English is widely spoken. But the news has been tough recently. First came the debt crisis last year, followed by this year's spread of Zika. The U.S. declared a public health emergency in August because of the virus, and more than 10,000 cases had been reported by mid-month. On today's episode of this gift podcast, we're talking about the double whammy blow to tourism in Puerto Rico, the island's efforts to keep visitors coming, and what tourism officials have learned about coping with crisis. Here to talk to us are Ingrid Rivera, executive director of the Puerto Rico Tourism Company, and Clarissa Jimenez, president and CEO of the Puerto Rico Hotel and Tourism Association. They join me, Skift Podcast host Hannah Sampson, and editor Andrew Shavakman. Clarissa and Ingrid, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you. I just want to start by asking, what is the state of tourism now in Puerto Rico? And how has that changed since the beginning of the year? Um, I'm Ingrid. And so glad for the invitation. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to um, be able to share some of this information. Information is important, um, particularly there's since there's been a lot of um, you know some myths and some projections that um, we want to clarify and to actually you know share with your with your audience. Um, we've had in the last past three and a half years, you know, year after year, uh, progress, growth and a strengthened tourism industry in Puerto Rico. In fact, it's the only industry that's gotten out of recession. Um, you know, we broke record last year, 1.5 million visitors from with cruise ships, um, year-over-year growth in occupation, um, hotel registrations for non-residents, um, ADRs, a number of passengers going through the Luis Muñoz Marin Airport, you know, where we actually um, returned to levels that had not been seen since 2008, now in, in June, with over 9 million passengers. Um, and we started off the calendar year with a bang, you know, with 11% growth in uh, non-resident hotel registrations now in January. Um, in February, CDC you know, started um, talking about Zika and starting making projections that that actually caused um, some fear, you know, in some potential travelers and some decision makers in, in, um, in the area of uh, meeting planners, et cetera, and, and in groups and conventions. And, uh, and in terms of the impact, the effect is it has been mild um, and about 1.5% below year ago from February through May, which are the numbers that we recently have. I know that um, Clarissa is also going to be talking about some other uh, input more recent now in the summertime, given her relationship with the hoteliers directly. Um, so, you know, and basically what has been happening with us as an industry, we have been able to pro- proactively uh, meet as an industry between Meet Puerto Rico which is the Convention Bureau, the Puerto Rico Hotel and Tourism Association, and us, which we are the government leg, you know, we're the tourism company in Puerto Rico, um, dedicated in, in to promote Puerto Rico to, to our key markets. We have um, engaged and worked in tandem as a team to be able to then um, talk about, you know, facts versus the myths, facts versus projections. And um, given that we have been able to mitigate 
any any shortfalls or or dramatic shortfalls in the industry. Um, and the key focus here is uh, two important messages, which are Puerto Rico's prepared. And another important message is that you can have a worry-free five-star vacation in Puerto Rico if you actually follow um, you know, recommendations from the CDC, if you protect yourself, and that you really don't have um, to worry unless you're pregnant or about to get pregnant or planning to have a family, you can have a worry-free vacation um, using um, CDC's recommendations. Um, and what you have to do now uh, is uh, you wear your sunscreen, but on top of your sunscreen, you wear your um, repellent, mosquito repellent. And I want to talk a little bit more about what you guys are doing and how you're um, maybe adjusting your messaging. But but first, um, Clarissa, I don't know if there is a specific um, occurrence or a specific statement that that you think has the biggest impact in terms of fear among potential travelers. But from the hotel side, what have you seen... Um, move the needle, I guess, for for hotel registrations? Well, from the very beginning, as Ingrid was mentioning, um, I mean, we started the year real great with great numbers. Um, on February, well, things got a little uh, difficult because of the messaging. And, and, and I think this is really something very important. There's no place in our industry for the word fear. Um, one thing is projections, the other thing is reality. I mean, you have facts versus projections, and the numbers given from the very beginning, I totally understand that, you know, anybody could be worried about it. Uh, but the reality is that as of today, there's less than half of 1% of the population with the Zika virus. So that has nothing to do with the... The, their numbers were like one third of the population will have Zika by this that time, exactly, mm -hmm. which is not the reality. And we understand, you know, the responsibility uh, the CDC has in, in communicating. Uh, but on the other hand, it's not right to use projections that after a few months, you know, are not the reality. And uh, those numbers were given in the worst case scenario thinking that we were going to stay still and do nothing about it. I have to say that from the very beginning, since they started to talk, uh, to talk about this uh, virus in, in January, because it started at the end of January, uh, we immediately took action, not only the government with the island and, and the locals, but in our case, uh, the, the private sector, hotels, attractions, everybody that has to do with our industry, um, we started doing the, the revisions of the grounds, making sure that there were no water deposits, educating the employees as well as the visitors with flyers on with the recommendations of the CDC, wear repellent, wear light clothes, uh, loose clothes, you know, follow just exactly what they were saying. And we printed flyers that were distributed. We did it through social media, I mean, everywhere. Um, so we took action immediately, and that is why, as of today, less than half of 1% of the population is uh, with the virus. You know, and as an industry, we have been very proactive in, first of all, um, creating a microsite, which is um, Puerto Rico now dot 
cpuertorico.com, where we have infographics, where we have information as hotel kits, you know, to actually uh, um, educate concierge and educate hotels, um, uh, op-eds, um, um, talks, and, um, a, you know, a press kits related to um, third-party endorsers like doctors, and, you know, Dr. James, who's an OBYN, um, epidemiologist from Dr. Henderson, he's from um, University of Massachusetts, another one from Penn State, uh, which, which is also important for, for people to hear, you know, information from, from professional health experts. Um, we have done also webinars for the CDC where we have had and impacted over a thousand travel agents from all over the world to learn about SIGA and what Puerto Rico is doing. Um, and, and of course, you know, as a government is uh, working in tandem also with the public, uh, with the private industry. Key objective is, is creating awareness, you know, with, with press uh, um, releases, with using the media as, uh, as a means to create awareness for the Puerto Rican um, population. And in tandem also with, with the health um, uh, department and um, with the um, emergency management department and with all the, um, uh, the, the alcaldes, which are the mayors, you know, working in tandem on picking up um, abandoned tires, making sure that you clean the streets and you minimize places where you actually mosquitoes can grow. All those efforts have helped, um, you know, mitigate the growth of or the advancement of, of um, the mosquito breeding grounds. And then at the same time is, is actually continue educating people to wear, uh, uh, you know, the actual uh, spray and to use uh, a mosquito repellent. So that in tandem with a recent um, um, state of emergency uh, um, uh, effort that was done last Friday, which was really done as a, as a policy measure to be able to get additional funding, which will layer on the efforts that are already the government is doing in order to really dramatically and faster mitigate, you know, the spread of the mosquito. So those are efforts that are being very proactively done. Um, and as an industry, you know, we have done our part of uh, providing the information, you know, myth versus, you know, reality, um, creating the microsite, um, creating media, participating in media tours as, as this, you know, in all the key cities where we actually get uh, our, our tours and, and our tourists from, you know, New York, East Coast, um, Texas with Dallas and, and Houston, Miami, um, and very soon, you know, in California, um, Chicago that we will be also visiting. So these are the efforts that we have done as an industry. Um, and, but I wanted to take this opportunity and also talk about what, as a government, what, what are we also doing? Right. So, you know, other parts of the Caribbean have been affected as well. And, you know, there are Zika cases in Miami now. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you're on, you're all on a relatively level playing field? Because to some people, this, declaring a state of emergency cries out that yeah. there's a big problem. But you're saying that you, you're sort of been proactive about handling. Yeah, I, I have to say something about that because even New York have asked for those same funds and Florida. And, and the reality is, as Ingrid mentioned earlier, it's a, it's a very standard procedure when you have a situation uh, similar to the Zika virus to request more funds to be able to do more uh, because it's not something that you're doing on your day-to-day. -day. Uh, so it really it doesn't really mean a lot other than getting additional funds to deal with the situation 
And uh, in our case, there are two things that we're looking, getting uh, more education out there, continue, and also getting people to help, you know, walk around the area, something very similar to what happened in Florida. Crews making sure that there are no water deposits in, in uh, abandoned maybe uh, areas or houses or projects. Um, so it really, it, it doesn't mean that there is chaos. It simply means that states and territories usually do this when there's a particular situation similar to what we're facing. Right, so that the extra funding, as we understand, is to do two things. Mm -hmm. like, like Larissa said, create awareness mm -hmm. through public service and, you know, more more awareness with uh, of the population. And number two is being able to have the funding to pay for additional help to clean up areas, to, you know, be, to monitor. And I think it's also important, I mean, in, in terms of the things that we're doing in Puerto Rico, there's also the, the Department of Health is working very closely with, with pregnant women, monitoring them. You know, we have a, a, a very clear list of who is pregnant, um, and making sure that the doctors are informed in order to, you know, provide information for the pregnant, pregnant um, individuals, pregnant ladies, and then, even post, um, you know, labor, um, keeping track of the babies and making sure they're okay. Um, we have no babies with microcephaly being born in Puerto Rico. There are uh, about 10,000 um, individuals who have, since December, have had Zika, and of those are about 1,000 um, pregnant individuals. The state of emergency, as you said, brings attention and funding, but also that attention maybe is not so welcome when you're, the tourist destination is in the same headline as state of emergency. Um, so I'm, I'm curious how you've been just dealing with, uh, you're talking to us, so um, mm -hmm. I assume that's how you're dealing with mm -hmm. it is, is doing a lot of outreach, but do you also feel like you're on that, um, you're uniquely affected in terms of other islands that people might be considering. Do you think it's it's worse for Puerto Rico or do you feel like you're all kind of in the same boat right now? Well, we as being part of the US has really put us in, in the spotlight because in the Caribbean, it's us and the USVI. The rest, you know, it's under uh, other jurisdictions. Um, so that has also created more awareness towards what we have been going on. And, and the reality is that with these projections that were made from the very beginning, that, that doesn't help. That's why we have been very aggressive in educating uh, locally and outside of Puerto Rico. And we have started uh, doing these uh, media tours since the early in the year. And we will continue to do so because people need to understand. People need to have facts no more projections. I mean, we've been going on with this for a long time now. It's been since, I mean, eight months already. So it's time to face the facts, not the fear. So education is one thing, but marketing is another. Has this shifted how you're sort of marketing the destination? Maybe fewer, you know, honeymooners, fewer young families. Has that shifted at it's all? It's a great question. Mm -hmm. It will continue I mean, because, I mean, sustainability and consistency is important. So we continue with our um, alliance with TripAdvisor and our campaign that has been very successful. And, you know, uh, you can see it all in cportuca.com as, as our website. Um, and uh, so it, we're consistent in terms of levels. 
which is really our brand sell. But on top of that, you know, we've been doing, doing also special promotions. Like, for example, Summer is Easy. We, in, we usually would start it like in May of every year, um, which is a, a, an event that we do with wholesalers in order to promote Puerto Rico during the summer months. So it's, you know, we have all year round efforts. We've uh, advanced it this year because of Zika. We started in April and has been very successful, at, you know, um, from April through now July, we increased sales of, of room nights by 7.7%. Um, and at the same time, we are also targeting um, um, baby boomers, as well as our diaspora, as well as the LGBTT um, uh, groups. Because these are, these are groups that uh, are traditionally not getting pregnant. Um, so there has been a slight shift, but at the same time, we have our base um, brand sell advertising in our key markets. Uh, have you looked at the examples that other destinations um, have have used or have gone through? Maybe other, I don't know if chikungunya or dengue or um, Zika elsewhere. Have you have you looked for any examples of how other destinations have dealt with this? Um, have you found any good uh, good advice, um, or do you have anything? in your background in Puerto Rico that has helped you to figure out how to cope with this? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, chikungunya uh, and dengue have been endemic and have been, I mean, chikungunya has been, it was the the, the virus uh, two years ago. So, I mean, we're living in a tropical island. We're used to mosquitoes and what's changed is a different virus, of course. And then, you know, we, we know how to handle mosquitoes. We understand the importance of mitigation, making sure, you know, we don't have the breeding grounds, making sure you wear your, your DEET. Um, so that's something that we are accustomed to. Of course, um, what changes a bit now is, is the type of virus. You know, it's a virus which is new, and, and the CDC and, and the health um, um, experts are, are still learning about it. So that's why it's important for, for, for you to get, you know, if you're planning to get pregnant or you're pregnant, you want to make sure you have, you, know, you consult your doctor and you make the decisions you need to make. This is a very personal decision. Um, but yes, I mean, we, we see and understand what our other destinations doing. I mean, this is like, this is not only a, a Puerto Rico situation. We're talking there are 28 countries and now the U.S., different areas which are also starting. Um, I am sure Miami has looked at how Puerto Rico has managed it, you know, and learned from us and exchange information. We've, we're observing also how Miami is, is doing it. So I think it is an important effort for us to learn from each other, um, share experiences. And I'm sure, uh, um, you know, Clarissa also has perspective given that she's part of, of a, a broader Caribbean um, group. Yeah, I mean, there has been so many uh, situations in the past uh, of different illnesses, you know, going around. And, and I think the most important thing here is to continue learning uh, taking, uh, paying attention to what other destinations are doing, and at the same time sharing what we're doing with them. We do, uh, through the Caribbean, the Caribbean Hotel and Tourism Association, we're in constant communication with the other islands. Uh, we share information. Last week, I sent them a bunch of things uh, that I have on, 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 the, on the virus, and, and that way, you know, we keep each other informed and up-to-date. And one thing that works for us might work for someone else or, you know, or you adapt it. And, but yeah, it's, it's very important to, to continue, um, watching and listening to what the CDC has to say and providing information, facts. A quick follow up to that. It seems to me like with Zika, it's a, 
it's a weird situation because for a big part of the population, it's not such an issue. It mm-hmm. can even be asymptomatic. Yeah. Um, and then there's this sliver of population um, that it's a really big deal for not just pregnant women, but their partners, uh, young young families that are trying to grow. So how do you walk that line um, between not wanting to overstate it, but also not wanting to minimize the risk to those who would be vulnerable? Marketing-wise, what we are um, sharing is precisely talking about uh, sharing the information of fact versus fear and being very, um, very open about, you know, if, if you're, you know, if, if you're pregnant or about to get pregnant um, a, and in consultation with your, your doctors, you know, it's a decision you make. Um, but other than that, the rest of the population can have, you know, a worry freeification um, by following the CDC guidelines. So that's that's the responsible way to to actually share the information for potential visitors. And it's, and like we mentioned, it's a very large percentage of people who are either not pregnant or not planning to get pregnant that can enjoy a worry freeification in Puerto Rico. So let's switch gears for a second here. At the same time that this is going on, Puerto Rico is also sort of having a government debt crisis, a financial crisis. Has that affected tourism at all? And has it affected the development uh, of tourism, you know, of hotels? And I think it's a great question to tell you. I mean, the, the, the debt situation has been going on for the last three and a half years and, and, and with, with a heightened effort of, you know, starting last year. And in during those times, we continue growing. Our occupation rates going up number of passengers and crews, you know, coming up, number of passengers are going through the airport, um, new investors coming in to really, you know, seeing that it had been, has been growing. They want, they were interested in investing in Puerto Rico, taking advantages of our incentives, our laws, laws Acts 2022, which promote, you know, um, moving into Puerto Rico and doing um, your exporting your services from Puerto Rico. And most of the new investments that have come in and people, investors that have come in, have been very tightly linked to tourism. Um, you know, Mr. Paulson coming in and buying Vanderbilt and buying San Regis and renovating it and opening it in um, December of 2014. Um, and Mr. Prouty coming in and buying the largest marina in the Caribbean and relaunching it and as a top marina in, in Puerto Rico and, and actually changing what a marina can be like in Puerto Rico. Um, new investors coming in and buying small Areas um, that were abandoned in all San Juan and re- retooling all San Juan as a great haven for guest houses and boutique hotels. I mean, I have example after example of investors um, wanting to come in and leverage what was happening and what is happening in the industry. Um, the tourism industry is the only industry that got out of recession, that was out of recession. So in order to answer your question, people, when they make a decision of, of vacationing, they don't see if, if you know, it's, it's a debt situation for the government. Right, you tend to you know? not worry oh, about Oh, let me that. see if they, you know, this is a country that has a debt or not, and let me go choose. I mean, uh, our infrastructure infrastructure is excellent, you know, vis-a-vis other islands in the Caribbean. is an easy way to get to Puerto Rico because of the amount of flights, no need for passport. We've had 10 new airlines coming in in the last three and a half years. Norwegian Airlines, you know, Southwest coming in. Allegiant is coming to Puerto Rico now in December. We have news about, you know, um, direct flights from Sanborn 
which is really next to, to um, um, Orlando, four times a week with Allegiant. So they're, they're coming in and seeing the opportunity. Um, they have their competitors like Southwest and, and um, um, Spirit are there, so they want to be there. Um, expansion of routes, you know, like, for example, United flying from Chicago to, to um, San Juan and, and Spirit also. So expansion of routes as well as New Airlines coming in, the return of Avianca with direct flights from Colombia. For the first time, Volari. So we're getting back to having Mexico to San Juan again. I mean, their example, Air Europa, the return of Iberia after they, them leaving three years ago and returning now in May. So, I mean, I have, you know, firm examples of how the industry has continued to grow. And of course, this, we, we see it as a hiccup. We have to work with it. We have to work together as a team and, you know, we will beat it. Yeah, there's there's one thing, I mean, and this, this happened to me. Um, about when this whole thing started about a year ago when people were talking a lot about this I get this call from a um, someone that worked in one of the other islands that I've known for many years a friend and uh, she called me and asked me are you okay I said why are you asking I mean yeah I'm fine no because there was this article and then they had this photo and I said oh please no that, that photo it's probably of an old building that's been closed for 10 years uh, th this is not the Puerto Rico that we have. I mean, you go there and you don't really see that that financial situation. It's a government thing and they're dealing right. with it. But the private sector is investing in renovation. Everything is open for business. Uh, you know, you go there and you you cannot think that there might be a fiscal situation going on. I mean, infrastructure is there. Uh, as Ingrid mentioned, all this air that is coming to Puerto Rico, new hotels are opening, new restaurants are opening. So it's, you know, one of those things that you need to come and see. You have to come and see it. Exactly. And of course, now there's going to be the, the, um, the, the, the fiscal um, um, board that's going to be coming in starting now in, in August. And it's, it's a supervisory role that they and, have and with the government. Just to clarify, that's as a result of the bill that was passed by Congress in June. Was that, yes. That's mm -hmm. what that set up. That, yes. That's what it is. And of, and of course, I mean, it's, it's, it's in a situation that some people are happy about it, others are not, but it's coming. So we have to work with that. And I am sure that will help us also move forward in that situation of the debt. Um, how it will be restructured. I mean, you know, I, I know this is this is a, a, a focus on travel, but I just want to mention that as, as a repre representative of the government. Um, and we will work together in order to make sure that helps Puerto Rico move forward and, you know, and be able to be um, responsible based on the, the debt um, restructuring that will be taking place. So outside of the debt crisis and Zika, a totally separate question, does the rise of tourism to Cuba and the easing of restrictions by the U.S. government pose any kind of a threat to Puerto Rico? Are you worrying about that? Um, you know, the, the way I have always um, responded to that question, I see it as a great opportunity. It's an opportunity for, for the Caribbean to continue growing, um, new interests in the Caribbean, particularly from the U.S. source, um, it, because, you know, Cuba has always been uh, a popular destination for, for some um, European travelers as well as Latin American travelers. So it's, it's like the new kid on the block now for the U.S. traveler. Um, it has a ways to go still. I mean, it's a, it's a, a process. Um, but we see it as an opportunity for all eyes to be for, for the growth of the Caribbean and particularly as what other 
other regions are going through, which are sad situations of, you know, terrorism and everything in Europe. I mean, the Caribbean continues to be a great place for a great vacation. And, and again, we see it as an opportunity for alliances. And I myself personally have talked to the, you know, Minister of Tourism, how can we work together, um, learn from each other. Um, and so it, at, at the end of the day, it's something that um, it will be is a curiosity for the U.S. traveler and they will go and see it, discover it. And some people will love it. Others will may not a little less. You know, it depends on, again, it's another option for travel as the Dominican Republic is or the high luxury areas are in the Caribbean. Um, so we see it as an opportunity to work together. Hmm? So one question I have, you were talking a little earlier about low cost carriers sort of coming to Puerto Rico. Does sort of this blip uh, create an opportunity to get people who would never have tried the destination before who are maybe a little more cost sensitive, you know, hotels need to fill their rooms, prices go down. Is that something that you guys think about? I mean, it's not necessarily like a strategy for us, right. like a, a purposeful strategy, but it's it's a good strategy. It gets got me. At the end of the day, these um, low cost airlines, what they want to do is make it possible for people to travel. Um, you know, like Volaris is one that was was designed in order to to make sure that Mexicans within their country, instead of taking buses and taking 24 hours to arrive from point A to point B, you know, it's a reality to be, make it more affordable for them to be able to take air. And the same goes for Allegiant. Allegiant is is trying, part of their strategy is to um, um, uh, cities that normally would not have a direct flight to another destination, they're making it possible at a very attractive price. So. I see it, you know, welcome. It's a, a terrific welcome for you to come to Puerto Rico and then and to be able to save on air travel so then you can spend um, and experience, you know, new foods and gastronomy and uh, maybe do, you know, something special as, as a tourist attraction um, for Puerto Rico. So I see it as something terrifically good because it's part of their strategy. You know, you don't have to spend so much on your travel so you can spend it in the destination and get the experiences that you're looking for. Yeah, also in, in Puerto Rico, and I think it's one of the great things, we have a great variety of properties from budget properties to very high-end properties. So there's a market. There's, there's a real market for this type of traveler too. And with great accommodations. I mean, you can be the best one-star property in the whole world and, and that's great. And the, um, you know, the certification of bed and breakfasts, you know, we, we officially are certifying bed and breakfasts, um, posadas. These are small, you know, unique boutique hotels, um, a bed and breakfast, which was, which existed, but now in the, in the um, tourism um, group, we, we are certifying them and making them, you know, as part of the group uh, as options. And like and Clarissa said, you want to make sure they have a great experience either at a small one-star hotel or the luxurious hotels that we also have available and we have developed over, over the last two or three years. You mentioned um, the meetings industry earlier. So I have a quick two-part question on that. Um, is the fear over Zika affecting the meetings, the meeting planners, um, incentives, conventions in a way that it isn't maybe affecting leisure. And the other part of that is, um, I know there've been plans for developing parts of San Juan to be a major convention center business district. Um, is that 
still a priority and is that still moving forward? You want to answer first? The, yeah. the first one? Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, of course, the first few months with all the fear and, and those projections, it did hurt us a little bit. However, I have to say that in this past uh, few months of summer, we have been able, um, or we took care of 40 groups that came to the island and uh, the mid Puerto Rico has been able to secure 57 new groups coming. So it kind of balances those that, that cancel. And most of the ones that cancel were because there were or pregnant women or, or thinking on having a family soon. Uh, but they have also done a very good job in educating uh, meeting planners and, and talking to their associations and everybody to explain the reality of what's going on. And um, I have to say that of those groups that recently came to the island, lots of them were uh, doctors. So uh, they even did uh, videos. You can see them at, at the C Puerto Rico uh, webpage and you can see it at the Mid Puerto Rico webpage. So it's, it's something that with education we are overcoming and, and eventually I think it will be totally balanced. Before you answer, Ingrid, do you, do you know how many people canceled or how many meeting cancellations you had uh, at the outset? It, it was um, like 35 groups with 42,000 room nights. But at the same time, during that same time over some cancellations, um, 57 groups have been, you know, confirmed. So they've been, the, the team has worked. And again, this is an industry effort, of course, that the great um, team effort of sales groups within Meet Puerto Rico has been outstanding in working and educating. Um, but I think uh, some interesting numbers that that uh, Meet Puerto Rico has, has shared, you know, during the June through August period of last year, there were 31,000 rooms that arrived in those three months. In the same period this year, 40,000 room nights have arrived from June through August of 2016. So they've been working very aggressively in the same time that some groups have, you know, made the decisions on not coming because maybe they were all young or they were, you know, planning for families. At the same time, there are incentive groups, which are baby boomers who have really do not have an issue of, you know, if you're in that, in that target. So they've been able to, with information, convince and being able to close deals. Um, to answer your question on, on the meetings groups, it's been, it's a very important group, very important group because it sets also the, the base for the hotels. But at the same time, it's important to share what has been happening in the convention district. You know, we had one hotel and in the period in the last three years, two hotels have opened, which are the Hyatt Place and the Hyatt um, House. And there is a fourth hotel who is being, you know, we'll be having um, groundbreaking efforts now in October, while at the same time opening, groundbreaking uh, a complete entertainment area right in front, right across the street from the convention hall, uh, which is the, the most advanced convention hall in all the Caribbean and comparable to other convention halls in, in all of the United States. And it's called District Live, where we have restaurants, you have movie theaters, you'll have a 7,000 amphitheater for concerts. Um, and so we're very excited about making the convention district a real district. It's not longer just the, the, you know, the convention hall in one hotel. It's a convention hall with four hotels with an entertainment district. Two new restaurants will be open now in October and November next to Hyatt House and Hyatt Place. So it's, it's really enlivening it 
um, and making it very uh, attractive and fun and a place for you really to be able to plan your, your, your meetings and conventions. Very good. Well, Clarissa and Ingrid, thank you both so much for joining us. Thank, thank you for you. the opportunity. Thank you, yes.